Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? You're a fool, agent. Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Now you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt, smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of woman's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know. Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing this something the fuck along. Here we go! Hi, this is Chloe Trujillo and you're listening to End Podcast for All. Welcome to the podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw, and I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, it's 2021. I got to see you last week, and we got the rock out in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, that was pretty amazing to be able to get on stage. It felt like it's been forever since we've done it. The intro tape was playing, and I thought, is this really happening? Because the last time you and I got to do that was July in Central Wisconsin. Yeah, I kind of had that feeling of this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> That's about what it was. The highlight for me, uh, aside from playing, was how well we played the Outlaw Torn. Yeah, we played Outlaw really well, and I felt like we played Unforgiven really well as well. Unforgiven was good. It was good. I got to go with Outlaw, though. That was the highlight of the night for me. Yeah, I'd agree. Outlaw was definitely the highlight, not the very end of Seek where I unplugged my wireless somehow and then just gave up. Yeah, what happened there? I, I jumped off your riser and got too excited, I guess. You know, I'm used to having a longer cable for my wireless and I switched it out to a shorter one for the show and just kind of forgetting that and the fact that when I swapped guitars back out, I didn't put it back on the strap. So it was like connected to me. And yeah, one thing led to another, and I just got too excited. Too many Coors Lights, I guess. That's what you get for using the white Fender Strat on the Unforgiven song. Hey, it wasn't a Fender. It's an ESP. It looks just like the one he used in the one video. I had to pull it out for one show. Yeah, but you played it on Unforgiven. I mean, that's as legit as it comes, because he's playing a white Strat in live shit, isn't he, in San Diego? Yes, sir. I'm impressed. And you were rocking the caution. Yeah, the uh, the new ESP that was that was a fun one to play. I was I didn't know if it was going to get debuted this year, or I guess now it's crazy to think that it's twenty one last year, but it was it was done in time, and I'm glad I got to bring it out. Twenty twenty was so yesterday, man. Yeah, fuck that. I don't even I don't even remember twenty twenty. That was nope. like last year, man. I saw you last year, and here we are in the clear and in the now and in the and in the here. Yeah, <laughs> and with my friend, the boom. What, what is that? In the here, and in the clear, and in the now. Yeah, I think he's 
talking about when he comes back and he's he's yeah. got his friend the boom in his face. And the lens is <laughs> here, and my friend the camera's here. Right. You know, speaking of 2021, we're not off to the greatest start. So at the time of us recording this yesterday, uh, Alexi Leho died from I Children of Autumn. I think he's only 41. 41. Such a disappointment. I mean, I know that he's had some health problems, but definitely was not expecting that one. Not good at 41. And 30 minutes ago, I'm laying on my couch and scrolling, 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 and I see Dr. Dre's in the hospital. Yeah, brain aneurysm. He's in the ICU. Like, what the hell is going on? Everyone said 2020 was like the, you know, the shitter's full. Well, guess what? I think 2021 shitter's still full. Too much chronic, man. Or maybe not enough in these older years. I don't know, but if you're in the ICU with uh, basically a stroke, that is that is not good news. We'll we'll see what happens. Was I'm guessing he's in L.A. I don't even know where he's at. Yeah, I'm sure he's. I mean, Dre is always in Southern Cali. <laughs> maybe he's in Compton. Yeah, I'm sure he's still rocking the Compton. <laughs> Rolling down the street in my six four. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Well, dude, I'm glad you could make it to Green Bay. It's funny that our guest tonight has actually filled your shoes on a couple of occasions. Yes, he has, and very well, might I add. You had some family stuff going on. You had a kid being born. You had a wedding to be in. I think those are the excuses that you couldn't make it to work. Uh, yeah, and then I think I ended up playing another show. I double booked on accident with the two bands once right. as well. That's right. I forgot about that. It was like your album release party or something. Uh, it wasn't an album release, but we were just playing with a big, uh, a big you know national act and you know. Oh, Guns and Roses. Yeah, Guns and Roses. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's when you sold out U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, well, you know, right across the street. <laughs> yeah, same vicinity. It counts as a big gig. Yeah, it's Minneapolis. You know, it's all the same. Um, to rewind the clock, Mr. Bill McClure Jr., our, our uh, right-hand man in the band, backline tech, social media expert, actually found our guest a couple years ago. I believe it was on YouTube. He sent me the link, and he says, if Jeff's ever sick, this is the guy. And who would have ever thought that I actually didn't get sick, but shit would just come up. I mean, imagine that shit coming up in life. <laughs> and here we have a guy that not only looks, plays, and sounds like Kirk, but I mean, freaking, I mean, he, he was able to fill the shoes perfectly. I couldn't have asked for a better villain. If memory serves me correct, I think the first video I saw of him, he's in his bedroom He's got a kill them all flag on the wall, and I think he was either playing Hardwired or Blitzkrieg. And he even has he even has a perm, unlike you, because you just, you know, <laughs> refuse to fucking get one. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> he looks People's he looks a lot cooler than you do, you know that. If I ever leave, we know who's taking the spot, so <laughs> he's played with us in uh Henderson, Nevada. At the Henderson Pavilion. That was a big show. And he also filled in with us in Houston. And then yeah, he... Right. Uh, where was the other one? Oh, he filled in... Minnesota, wasn't it? When we opened, up, with- we opened up for Hairball in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Yep, Hairball. So Nico has gotten to be Kirk 
not the second because you're the second, but Kirk the third three times. And we're in season three. It was meant to be. Three, three, three. Hitting on all cylinders now. Ready to bring him in and talk all things Kirk. I have a feeling this is going to be a total Kirk guitar, lead guitar episode, and I'm just going to be like in the background for this episode. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. The man that drives an oversized S10 from Albuquerque, New Mexico, also has an original band called Powerhouse. We welcome to him podcast for all, Mr. Nico Valdez. What's up, Nico? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, guys. It means a lot. Of course, man. Nico, every time I think of Albuquerque, I think of like a hot air balloon festival that goes on there every year. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're known for, man. That and green chili. I like green chili. What what was the second part? Green chili. Green chili and hot air balloons in New Mexico. Not to be confused with Green Jelly, that band that did the Three Little Pigs heavy metal song. Oh, yeah, no, not that. The the shit that makes your mouth burn. I love it, man. <laughs> Nico, once again, thanks again for filling in for Jeff. You've kicked ass for us multiple times. Dude, we got to play in an amphitheater together. We got to play, we got to open up for A Hairball. Festival. I mean, that was huge. Yeah, and I, I can't even, I still can't put it into words, man. Thank you guys so much for that opportunity. That was so, all three of those shows are something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, especially that first one in Henderson. Oh my God, that when we came out to Ecstasy of Gold, it's just exactly how you know Metallica's done it for decades. And uh, when I watch all those videos back, whether it's you know Live 1985 or 89 Seattle, you know, or even now when I saw them on the Worldwide tour back in 2017, it's just it gives you that that sense of I, I can only imagine how it feels for you guys when you come out to it every night. It's just, you're like, holy shit. It, it, you're like, you're doing what your favorite band is doing, like that specific way. And it's just like so breathtaking. It, it was amazing. Thank you, guys. It uh, The feeling never gets old. You have to refresh my memory in, in Henderson. What song did we open up with? Um, It was Creep, Creeping Death. Jeff's favorite opener, and he got to miss it. Uh, my favorite actually is Creeping Death, and it's funny because that show, um, that specific show was the show that I figured, yeah, I need to invest in a wireless system. I don't know if you remember, Shane, but uh, I got I, I was running around so much, I got caught up in my cables, and I got unplugged, and Bill actually had to come out and just get it sorted out real quick. And I was like, after that moment, I was like, yeah, I, I need a, a wireless. <laughs> hey, just remember, though, as you just heard, you can still unplug yourself with the wireless like the guy did. Oh man. So it's it, crazy. It, it def- definitely happens if if you're you're partying too hard. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't partying that hard. I just I just wasn't painted. But it can happen. Yeah. Well that stage was about as wide as a football field, so you yeah. need a wireless just to get over to uh Mikey's side on stage right there. That oh, was yeah. that was a big joint man. We had fun. Oh yeah, that was that was so fun and just like looking at everyone's faces in the front and going all the way back, you know, six or seven rows, you're just like, God, I, I wonder what it, this must be like somewhat of what it feels like for the the guys of Metallica and what they go through every night on tour. It's just like you see those people and you're like, this is where it's at. This is exactly why they make music because it it just makes people, it gives people such a sense of meaning 
when you're there in the moment and then it's just everyone's enjoying it and it, it's such an amazing feeling to do it that's what it's all about nico when we saw you that first time i think it was a youtube or facebook clip do you remember what song it was i actually think it was hardwired it like like you were saying I, I, it's either between hardwired or blitzkrieg because i remember but i'm thinking it was hardwired because it was around the album time yeah, and then uh, I think because uh, Bill contacted me first, and then after I think you made a comment on one of the videos. I think it was the hardwired video because at the time I had just I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna mess around with this because um, Kirk's playing style and my playing style are pretty similar. The way I like to play leads, a lot of pentatonic stuff and a lot of really sharp bends and stuff. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try to I, I didn't want to disrespect the song in any way but i wanted to see if i could come up with the solo that would be something that he would have written in 83 so i i decided because the that song gives me like a very kill em all crossbreeded with master puppets vibe the way it's set up it's just super just like you know it's oh, like yeah. that solo that's in that song is so basic for that song you know you're expecting him to do a lot more shredding than that yeah, and I, I was just like, I want to see, like, it, it just gives me, like, a club feel, like an early 83 club feel, super thrash, whiplash type of song. And I was like, I'm just going to come up with something on the spot and, and see what happens. People can hate it or they love it, and we'll see what happens. So I, I did that, and that was awesome that you guys ended up finding that video. It paid off, Nico. Jeff, you got any more dates you're going to miss? Because I I miss playing with Nico, man. <laughs> I miss looking over and seeing a legit Kirk Hammett perm. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's all about the hair now. I see how it is. And Yeah, and people think it's a perm, but it's natural. Well, I'll tell you what. If we even have any dates in 2021, we'll see what happens. Maybe uh, maybe we'll have to have Nico come up. That, that would be so fucking awesome, man. Like You have no idea how cool that would be. Nico, how's the original project going? It's going pretty well. It's It's... Last year, 2020, it's crazy that I'm even saying that we're even saying last year because it just seems so recent. But, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. 2020 put a, a damper on things, and I'm pretty sure it did for 99% of bands. Um, but one of the best things to come out of 2020 in terms of how uh, Powerhouse has been is we've been trying so hard to get material for our first album. And this past year was the perfect opportunity for that. Um, there's no worry about playing shows or doing anything new uh, in terms of stage getup, anything like that. I'm just, I was just kind of like, I'm gonna sit here and try to come up with some really good riffs that I can really build on. And then there's so much material for for song topics right now with everything that's going on. It, it almost made it like a no brainer. So this past year, we've just been writing and rehearsing for hopefully our upcoming album in 2021 this year. Fingers crossed, maybe this summer? Yeah, we're hoping this summer, because uh, we live in New Mexico, everything is still super locked down. No one's going anywhere. Um, you know, Movie theaters are closed, venues are closed. Basically, everything where anybody can do anything is closed. So we're we're not really sure at this point when... Um, our next show is going to be, but we're trying to plan it as if it was, you know, next week or next month. We're just trying to keep up with everything. And uh, as of right now, I'm learning to play and sing at the same time. And that's a challenge, but I'm getting it pretty well. 
So no lead singer, and you just said, fuck it, I'm taking over. Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, when we released our latest single uh, in 2019 called The Patriot, uh, I had no idea I was going to be singing on it until about, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks before we recorded the vocals. Uh, We were trying so hard to look for vocalists in our area and people that fit our specific style, and it just wasn't working out. Everything was super... It's like... To put it in a way, it's almost like the only singing style you're going to get where we're at is like super high, like Dokken or Iron Maiden, stuff like that. Or it's going to be complete death metal style. And we didn't really want to go with either one because it doesn't, we don't really feel like it matches what we do. Um, so, you know, time constraints and everything, I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, I'll try it. <laughs> and I did, and I think it came out pretty well. You're taking a page right out of Metallica's book, right? I guess, man. That's exactly what happened to James in the early days. Your single, The Patriot, I heard that when it came out. Great single. Love that song. Great jams. I mean, there's some serious riffing in there. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, that song was actually quite a bit in the making when uh, before it was recorded. I had the idea uh, for a few months about a song that would be resembling what it came out as. Um, but what kind of was the last straw to give me the, you know, the wherewithal to write the song was I, I made a friend when I was working at a local gym about a couple of years ago, and he was straight out of the Marines, and he would always talk about his time in the Marines and how he misses being deployed, and he misses all the people that he met, all the guys that he made friends with. And his name was his name was Enoch. And uh, sadly, just about a couple of months after I met the guy, I never saw him again. And then a few days later, heard that he had killed himself. Oh wow! Um, because he, yeah, he was having to deal with some mental issues and couldn't get into the VA soon enough. So he ended up in ending his own life, and that made me reflect on everything that. Uh, veterans go through uh on on a daily basis and i have a lot of uh, former military in my family and i've heard of some stories very similar to that and growing up in the early 2000s where the iraq and afghanistan war and 9-11 all this stuff has been happening and it's almost like i don't want to get too political but it's almost like over the course of 20 years, we've lost our sense of appreciation for our own country I, and appreciation. I huh? said, I agree. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. The people don't appreciate the military and the troops and everything that they go through and what they do to protect our country. They don't appreciate them like they used to. And it's really sad to see that. We kind of wanted to, to write something to just kind of give people an insight on what happens in the mind of somebody that goes through something like that. Not even necessarily just going into war and, and actually doing doing the killing. It's just being um, included in something that's meaningful and all of a sudden it gets taken away from you and no one appreciates it. And that's the feeling that we were going for. It was just we wanted to give people an insight of what happens when these people get that ripped away from them and what can happen to their mental state and what can happen as a consequence. 
where can we find Powerhouse? All the socials, any website? Yeah, we actually have uh, we have our Instagram, which is Powerhouse Metal Official, and we have our Facebook page, which is just Powerhouse, and we also have our Bandcamp, which is Powerhouse Official Metal as well. And you can find all our music on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. And if any Metallica tribute band needs a fill in Kirk, they know where to find you. I'm your fucking guy. Oh, yeah. I'm your guy, guys. Come on. Come at me. I I can take any challenge. (laughs) Challenge, any set list. Doesn't matter where it's at. Nico will be there bright and early, ready to throw down. Nah, but yeah, when, um, at like using your gear at the show, I was super, super worried about fucking anything up because I was like, I've never used anybody's gear other than mine in my entire musical career. So I was, it was just super new. I was like, I don't want to mess with your settings. I don't want to, you know, do anything that I know I wouldn't like. So I was like, and when uh, Shane brought a couple of the guitars over, he was like, which ones are you, are you going to play? And I looked at it, and I saw uh, the Kirk Hamster uh, Fernandez copy I, I see that you have. And I was like, holy shit. I took a picture of it, and uh, I, I just remember, I was like, that guitar, uh, the first time I saw it, I think it was on the cover of uh, the the EP that Metallica did in 87, the $5.98 EP. Yep. Yep. And I was like, Holy shit, this guy has that guitar. It, it just, it boggles my mind. The, the crazy authentic stuff you guys have. We try to keep it as authentic as possible. Um, yeah, I, I had that one done. I did, uh, the Zorlac, the one from the, uh, Seattle concert, you know, with the Jackson head sock, that one's yep. been a mainstay that I've been playing the last couple of years. And then just recently uh, acquired uh, an actual ESP caution. So that was kind of cool, too, to add that to the repertoire. Nice. I said, well, dude, do you want the hamster caster? Do you want the white zombie? And he's just like, oh, shit, this shit's getting real. Yeah. He's like, oh, boy, here we go. We've got choices. And I chose the white zombie. Love that guitar. Yep. Nothing like being 22 years old and ripping the creeping death solo in front of eight to 9,000 people in northern Minnesota on, I think that was like a 4th of July weekend. And I had never seen anything like that. It was awesome. Well, Nico, we've got a new segment that we have introduced into our season three. It's, um, you know, we like to get our Instagram people involved in what's going on. It's called And Voting for All. And what it is, is we pick two songs, two very significant or important songs whatever and you have to vote between one of them and then we will post it on instagram and have a poll where the instagram uh fan base or followers can vote as well and last week's was in my opinion probably the hardest one blackened versus battery i can't wait to see how that poll turns out yep that was the uh battle of the album openers uh what do you got this week jeff so we're going to kick it up a notch for you, Nico, you know, being the hardcore fan you are. And this one might be All right. this one might be a nail biter, but I'm curious to see how this is going to go. So basically what we are going to do is we're going to do battle of the album title tracks this week. Okay. So Ooh. We're going to do Ride the Lightning versus And Justice for All. Okay. Oh. Interesting. 
Dude, that's week two of in voting for all. Mm. There's some good picks, man. I, I got to think about this for a bit. I mean, for anyone who's listened, you guys already know what I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick, you know, Injustice for All. But that's because that's my favorite Metallica song. But I know that this is this is a nail biter because those are two legendary tracks. This show is not about you, Jeff. Yeah, I know. I would say Master. <laughs> well, and that's why we didn't put Master in there. It's just between Ride the Lightning and I know. Justice for All. That's my that's my answer to everything. Master of Puppets. That's exactly I purposely because I saw your post the other day and it had Master of Puppets in it. Uh, I purposely did not pick Master of Puppets. Yeah, for me, I it would Oh man, that's tough. Um I would say Justice. Between the electric chair and Lady Lady Doris. I would say Justice. Between Ride and Justice I don't know. Those are both super epic songs, but I love the way the ending of Injustice for All is laid out. And especially when it's, yeah, when it was played in Seattle 89, that whole setup, that changed it for me. So I got to go with Justice. There you have it, folks. And Justice for All. How about you, Shane? What would you pick? You know, when you when you first said both of them, I was going with Ride the more I thought about it of how of what I like to enjoy live, what we play. Justice takes the cake. When I think of live footage, Justice takes the cake. When I think of through the never and the stage right. props, Justice takes the cake. That's a tough call. That was a good selection, but last week I went with blackened. I think I gotta stay with the Justice album and go with Ajfa. Ajfa. Yes, that's what I like to hear. I that album that was is some good so stuff, underrated man. when it comes to like the way people talk about it sometimes. It, they put the album down cuz of uh obviously the lack of bass and some of the recording issues, but the album's flawless to me. I I can't find one single issue other than obviously the lack of bass, but it, I I love it from beginning to end. We all go with justice, so as you hear this, the following day on Instagram, and voting for all, check out in Podcast for All Story. It's up to you, people. Rides the lightning or justice for all. I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty close poll. Yeah, that's like I said, that's why I picked those two, because I felt like if I would have picked Ride versus Master, it would have been a very one-sided poll. I wanted to change it up a little bit because, you know, Master is, you know, it's obvious that's, Mm. you know. It's Master of Puppets. It's like, you know, the stairway to heaven of the 80s. Yeah. It reminds me of the uh, season one, some kind of bracket that we used to talk about when they were posting that shit. Oh, yeah. That was a good good bracket. I wish they'd do that again. Well, Nico, we gave you a little bit of a heads up. Um, you haven't heard any episodes yet because you're the uh, episode number two in season three. Have you come prepared? Have you done your homework, sir, for your dream no more set list? Of course. I like it. Are we talking eight songs or 8,000 songs or we got a powerhouse set list? What are we talking about here? Oh, yeah. We're talking 18 songs. We're talking about a fucking live gig. Was that a 7-Eleven or something? I'm talking about like a fucking live gig. You see this for, right? <laughs> something that they would have played back like in 89 through 91 where they were just blasting through all the songs they could. Now, you can't copy Seattle 89 to a T. There's got to be some variations in there. 
Oh yeah, I got a whole lot of stuff on this one. Ooh, I'm excited to hear how this is going to turn out. I'm ready to hear it, man. Mr. Valdez's Dream No More set list from the Hot Air Balloon Rally in Albuquerque. All right, awesome. So it'll it opens with Creep. First so off, it'll real, open with real, creep real quick. Head. First off, what venue are you having the show at? Oh, thank you. I forgot. What venue? You know, you can pick any venue in the world, wherever you would want to see them play. So if it's at the VFW in Albuquerque, then that's where it's going to be. Oh, dude, it's at the Henderson Pavilion that you missed out oh, on. Oh, yeah, there you God, go. Fucking sick. <laughs> um, you know what? It's going to end up being the Toshino Airfield when they played in 1991 Ooh. in Moscow. Okay. Reason being is because that's the that's the show that changed my life. That's the show that made me want to play guitar. So it would only fit right for me to actually see this dream set list on that stage. All right. Roll the tape. Uh, All right, here's so, the creep. That's Jeff's favorite. Yep. I, t- I told you this was going to be a fucking Kirk lead guitar <laughs> episode. I'm just going to sign off and you guys can roll with it. <laughs> oh, man. It, okay, so Creeping Death, Blitzkrieg, Into Fuel, and then Holier Than Thou. Oh, hold on. The Bell Tolls. Hold on, bud. Spit Out the Bone. Slow the roll here. Yeah. Slow down, Nico. I can't write that fast. He's got to be oh, able shit. to okay. keep track of all of these. All right. Creep into Blitzkrieg and then Fuel? Yep. And then what? Holier. Ooh, Bob Rock's favorite tune. <laughs> yeah, the single off of the Black Album. Right. What was, well... <laughs> <laughs> so before we go any further, Blitzkrieg into Fuel. Mm-hmm. As Blitzkrieg ends, do you wait for Lars to say, I fucked up in, in one, one place? place. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly what I want. I fucked up in one place. <laughs> give me fuel, give me fuel, give me fire. <laughs> Don't try to sign. <laughs> I like it. That'd be so cool. Dude, Blitz second. I can. I could only imagine. That's pretty cool. Yep. All right, what comes after Holier? Okay, Bells. Classic. Yep. And then Spit Out the Bone. That's the second week in a row with Spit. Yeah, that's... I don't know. When I heard that, when Hardwired came out, the... The, the day it came out, I listened to the whole album from beginning to end, and when I heard that, and particularly Moth into Flame, I was like, this this album is going to be that that one album of the decade where everybody's going to be like, okay, yeah, we, we all agree, this is going to be a really great album for the entire decade. There's just something about that song that brings a culmination of all their high, high-speed thrashers, uh, all the really big longer songs that they did in the 80s like justice it kind of brought that to like a full circle to me at least i totally agree and it still surprises me that that's the album closer i always thought that should be the opener mm-hmm. like i said it kind of makes sense you know like how dyer's eve even totally but yep. i just i was like hardwire is a quick to the point like album closer like we came we conquered see you later bye yeah I was like if spit if spit Open that record, that 
that song would be everywhere by now. I really, I really feel that. I think, yeah. it, I think it would have been cool if they would have kept Hardwired as the first single they released, first song they played, and then still had it be the album closer. Put the first single last. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been. You actually don't see that. Right, because it seems obvious that you'd put it, you know, either in the one, two, or three spot, you know. But to take the first single and make it the last song on the album, not many bands have done that. Mm-hmm. I've never really worried about track listings, but that's that's the one beef I have of that record. Just imagine Spit goes into Atlas. Oh yeah, that would be that would be a little bit interesting. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. Alright, what do you got after Spit, dude? Alright, it'll be the thing that should not be in the Master of Puppets. Whoa. Fucking heavy section. Yep. You have to do a little guitar change there. Yeah, I know. I the as I was organizing it, I was like, okay, I, I see that that could be a problem with all the guitar switches, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a dream, right? And it's Metallica. They can do whatever they want in between songs and make it work perfectly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And they're they're the masters of that. I've never seen another band that can flawlessly do it and not really change the uh, crowd experience with all the stuff that they do yeah metallica is that band where they can have nine thousand guitar switches and it's just part of the show and each guitar that they play for all the diehards is part of the show as well right well give props to that road crew they're the best of the best oh hell yeah is the thing that should not be the version from seattle where jason introduces it yeah that would be awesome i i've always loved listening to that intro a big old fat motherfucker called <laughs> the thing that should not be about the heaviest number known to mankind it's a big old fat motherfucker called the thing that should not be so you know maybe we should also add in with these dream no more set lists who's the, who's your bass player is it going to be jason or rob it's gonna be ron <laughs> ron ron <laughs> ron chudrillo <laughs> we we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have my dream set list. I want Ron on bass and and Lloyd Grant on guitar. Imagine, <laughs> oh my god! Um, honestly, it it would be Jason. I love Rob. I love the what he brings to the sta- to the table now. But just the the sheer joy it would bring me to see uh, Newstead back on stage again. That I would it would be him. I'd love to hear Jason play Spit Out the Bone. Yeah. So to back up a little bit to tell our listeners and guests and fans, Jeff and I have already written our Dream No More set list. And at the end of season three, we are going to compare every guest set list. And there's going to be a winner for Shane and a winner for Jeff. So the top two that come closest to our list are going to get some prizes delivered to the doorstep. I'm almost thinking that we should post all the set lists and let Instagram and social media vote on which one they think is the best. And whatever Ooh. one they think is the best set list, we should play it somewhere someday in 2021. I thought you were going to say give away a give away a third place prize. So and podcast for all would be really bankrupt by the end of the season. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, we got to make a we got to win a bunch of money and walk away. Walk away. All right. So there's a first place. There's a second place, and then whoever 
votes on their f- was it voting on their favorite set list, Jeff? Yeah, if we post all the set lists from the whole okay. season, we Deal. we let everyone vote, and whatever one is the number one, we'll play it somewhere. That means we're really gonna have to rehearse because I bet there's uh, Fixer, Freight Ends, Dyers, Damage Inc. <laughs> we'll we'll see. This is interesting. All right, so Newstead just played Thing and Master. Next up, Nico. All right. Next up is the memory remains and no remorse. Wow. Interesting. After after playing in uh, Detroit Lakes, I've uh, the past few years I haven't really gotten too much into load and reload. I have them on everything, uh, but I, I it's not something I really listen to all the time. But when I was rehearsing to play those shows with you guys, I revisited the entire album so both load and reload i revisited in its entirety and i've grown to really really appreciate the amount of songwriting that went into writing those what uh refresh my memory would we play like king nothing uh king nothing was in henderson we didn't play that for uh actually okay no, yeah, we didn't play that. We played Fuel and The Memory Remains in Detroit Lakes. Got it, got it. That was like 50 shows ago, so... <laughs> you could bet me the winning Powerball numbers is what we played, and I'd say, oh, okay. No remorse. Yeah. I think we had that last week as well, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Mr. Adam D'Souza from Massachusetts. He opened up with Frantic and went into remorse. That's interesting. That's cool. Got to get his some kind of monster and, you know, DVD scene going when they all walk out and they close with Frantic. Well, they close oh, yeah. the movie out, but it's actually opening the show, quote unquote, with Frantic. Right. Frantic. Tick, tick, da, 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 No remorse, baby. <laughs> you know, I would love to hear them do that song in Drop C. You know, don't even switch. Just keep it in the low tuning, and let's rock with it. Oh, that'd be heavy. And they got to do. He, James has got to do death metal vocals over that if it's in C. <laughs> All right. After no remorse. All right. Then it'll be uh, Moth into Flame, and it's electric. Yes, it's electric. That's what I'm talking about. One of the best covers they've ever done. It right exactly. It's super underrated. I I like never hear it anywhere. The only reason why I heard it is because I I bought Garage uh, was it Garage Inc. I bought it on everything. So that's the only way I I ever heard that song. I never heard it on the radio, and I'm surprised because it's one of the best covers I've ever heard. Absolutely, I agree. And Garage Inc. In my opinion, is one of the best albums. Yep. Mixed ever. Mm-hmm. The sound off of that is just. I hate to say Sonic because so many people say that about a record, but it is Sonic. It is thick. It's warm. Right. It's just and it's amazing because they perfect. They were going for a garage feel. They didn't want it to be you know this crazy overproduced. And then it, I mean it is definitely quote unquote overproduced. You know it's Bob Rock everything he does, but right. nonetheless like they were going for their garage sound and ended up making like this massive wall of sound, just amazing sounding record. Right, I I love every whether it was the mix or the mastering of it. It is perfect in my opinion. That entire record, whether it's side A or B, perfect. 
It's electric. Jeff, we got to start playing that again. We have played that live. Yeah, well, I think only once or twice, but... I think twice. I like playing that. It's a good jam. Good shit. All right, Mr. Dream No More Albuquerque, number 13. All right, it'll be the Judas Kiss into Blackened. Whoa. Bicycle parts. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got to play that guitar a few months ago. Yeah, and I'm extremely jealous. Nico, I'll send you pictures. You have to play like the real deal, like one of those. I I never know. Yeah, I know. I never know exactly how to pronounce it. It's like Trufadel or Trufadale or something like that. Okay. Yeah, some French company. But man, those guitars are ugly, but they are just so expensive mm-hmm. and cool looking at the same time it's like the perfect blend of both it's like a 10 grand guitar right oh yeah yeah one of the smoothest necks i have ever felt in my life it, i swear it's made out of butter yeah if you could somehow combine the most ugly guitar and the most beautiful guitar in the world into the same guitar it's that guitar yep nice <laughs> judas kiss into shane obershaw's favorite song blackened can't go wrong with that interesting how blackens like five from the bottom yeah i know i noticed that too because i was like if if i were to play that my forearms would be completely jacked up by the end and i'd be messing up so bad but it's metallica you know they 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 figure out how to do anything and everything and it's i don't know i I'd, I'd love to see it towards the end love it all right, and then next up, it'll be Fade to Black into Battery. Holy cow, my arms would be burning. Yep. I used to play set lists like this. Um, what You know how you guys found me was through YouTube videos and stuff like that. That's what I would do every night, basically, and that, that was like my guitar rehearsal was just like blasting through set lists of uh, just random Metallica songs that I would want to hear that day. And I would pick like anywhere from 10 to 18 to 20 songs and then just be like, I'm going to do this from the moment I get off school till the second I go to bed. And I'm just going to try to feel the way they felt. And that's why I I feel like that's why it was, it felt really good when we were all on stage together and it, it seemed to work out really well. So it was like at least all that time of me playing and rehearsing all these songs just for fun ended up paying off. So you'd come home from school and like write a two, two and a half hour set list and just play it straight through? Yep, my parents were annoyed. <laughs> yep. Wow, dude. <laughs> and you had that shit cranked playing It's Electric and Blacken and Battery. Oh, yeah. Blacken, I used to, I had, I'm pretty sure Blacken, Fade, and Battery were on my everyday list. That's some serious riffing. That's commitment. Yep. <laughs> That's where your down picking became authentic, dude. If you're fucking hammering through that every night, that's that's legit. Yeah, I got pretty like I I was super bad uh, super bad at down picking until I was like maybe fifteen or sixteen, and then I decided to learn uh, Master Puppets all the way through the entire album. And then by the end of it, like a couple of months later, I was like, "Holy shit, this is fast!" And you don't realize how much. Uh, technique and control you can get over just playing that album from beginning to end. Your forearms were on fire, oh, yeah. dude. 
Well, Nico, you got two songs left. After what you've told us, I can't even predict what these are going to well, be. Well, I'm pretty sure that because of our conversation earlier, Jeff will probably figure out what the last song is. Um, but it'll be Nothing Else Matters into and Justice for All. Whoa! Yep. Wow. Hearing Justice close out a show, that would be a dream come true without a yep. doubt. That's exactly why I chose wow. it, just to watch everything build all the way to a point and then just crash and burn the last minute and a half, last two minutes. I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, you get a dream set list. You can pick any song in the world and you pick Nothing Else Matters. Explain the reasoning behind that. Okay, yeah. So I, I know that's something a lot of people don't think I would choose, but I, I love that song. And I'm I'm a I'm a diehard Metallica fan through and through. I I love that band and I love every single album they've done. There's something about every album that I can find relatable. And when it comes to nothing else matters, even though it is a slower, catchy song, it it doesn't fucking matter to me. I I love the way that it makes you feel when you play it. And I love the way that the audience reacts to it, especially when you watch uh, any, really any Metallica show, that song is where just everyone grabs their lighters that in fade, everyone grabs their lighters and just grabs each other. And it's like, you know, just seeing in the moment it's, it's, it's awesome to see. And when I watched that happen, when I saw them for the first time in 2017, I was like, yeah, that that that's why this song made it to where it's at, and that's why this band made it to where it's at is because they were able to take something that simple and make it into something that great. That's why I want to see it. I mean, that's a pretty damn good explanation. I couldn't have really said it better myself. And I mean, I can't say I would pick that song, but that makes uh, total sense. Makes total sense couldn't say it any better myself as well that's you know we all talk about listener fatigue songs and we've all heard it fifty five thousand times but when you when you look at that song individually and not compare it to anything else that is one tough song to beat for so many reasons you know and i don't know if everybody will agree with me on this but and i mean don't get me wrong kirk has done amazing solos and i'm not saying he can't play with feeling but there is something about james hetfield's playing mm-hmm. in his solo style that arguably and i know me and my bass player have talked about this and we agree on this kirk is obviously quote unquote a better guitar player but i would argue to say that james plays with more feeling and the right. the the phrasing he chooses i mean listen to the nothing else solo and mm-hmm. listen to the puppet solo right. and it's like name a Kirk solo that sounds like that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's so hate. much feeling in, right. And, you know, and obviously one sanitarium, you know, they have melodic solos in it, but wow, those two songs for this guy who was, you know, a self-taught musician, a guy who's a rhythm guitar player only to be able to crank out a melodic solo with that much feeling. And then you hear them in, what was it, Copenhagen, where they did the Ecstasy of Gold, the full live band. Right. And he plays the entire solo in that, mm-hmm. you know, the shredding and all. And it's like, wow, you know, James Hetfield has always been honored for being the greatest rhythm guitar player of all time next to like Scotty and Tony Iommi. You know what I mean? Right. But I feel like he deserves more credit as a lead guitar player as well. Yeah. And yeah, nothing I- else matters proves it 100%. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I, I personally, that's why um, I love and respect Metallica as much as I do, because every single member, they bring something incredibly special to the table that in other bands is extremely rare to find. It's usually like just one or two members. Um, but when it's Metallica, every single member of every single lineup has something special to offer. And that's why each album is as great as it is. And when it comes to James, I completely agree um, with his rhythm playing. He does not get enough credit for his solo playing because those two songs are two of the most iconic Metallica songs, Master Puppets and Nothing Else Matters. And they both have James Hetfield soloing in it. Exactly. And, yeah. And to normal fans on the outside, they're like, so what? But when you really think about it, it's like, this guy is able to i'm not like obviously it's it's a group effort but him and lars together they're two of the best songwriters i feel like i've ever listened to in heavy metal and the way they compose the way they structure everything the way the riffs feel yeah well, yeah the arrangement yeah absolutely and james played ecstasy of gold with wah i think he wants a wah with mrs smith Oh my god, that would be amazing to see him walk off with her. That's like one of the few times as fans we've ever seen James actually have a wah on stage. Yeah, and he's playing that what? That silver burst Gibson flying V. Right. Yes. Yep. That's when they did the Five Nights in Copenhagen during uh, World Magnetic. Okay. Boy, that was awesome. That was so cool. Love. Well, Nico, I'm impressed, man. Dream no more. 18 songs, Creeping, Blitz, Fuel, Holier, Bells, Spit, Thing, Master, Memory, Remorse, Moth, It's Electric, Judas Kiss, Blacken, Fade, Battery, Nothing Else Matters, and Doris stays standing the entire show until the last encore of the night and Justice for All. And that's where we hear the clip, Yo, Adrian, I did it! I did it! (laughs) Yo, Adrian, I did it! Well, we'll have to store that in the vault and see how that matches up against uh, our dreams, Mr. Jeffrey. I still like my set list better, but that one was pretty good. Nice. That I can't wait to hear what yours is. That was right up there, right up there with Adam D'Souza's from uh, last week, Season 3, Episode 1. Well, Mr. Nico, you only have to wait another 19 episodes until Shane and I finally reveal <laughs> what our Dream No More set lists actually are. Oh, man, I'm... You'll have to wait till April, April or May. That's all good. I'll be listening all the way. <laughs> and we will not be changing it. We are staying true. We wrote ours before we started season three, and we made sure that, like, I mean, mine's—it's dated. Like, it's on there. It's not getting touched, and we are going to unveil it at the end. Mine is in stone, not being touched. I've added some equipment to it. I've added some banter to it, but the songs are not changing. Nice. No. Nothing in my order has changed, nor will it. When Nico wants to open up with Creeping Death and end with Justice, that shows me what a diehard fan he is, Jeff. I think he's ready for some jump in the fire trivia. Yeah, let's see how much he really knows. Let's go for it. Five questions, Nico. I'd love to talk set list all night, but as you can see, 55 minutes is flowing by. Right. We've brought back the, we've brought back the jump in the fire trivia from uh, season one by... Popular demand. You ready for question one? Yep. 
Here we go. Uh, what two songs opened up the majority of the shows on the Worldwide Tour? Hardwired and I want to say Creep. You you saw one of the shows, so this is right up your powerhouse alley, dude. Battery. You know what? I'm not sure, but I I'm I know for a fact one of them's hardwired. Well, he can get a half a point. Hardwire is correct. Do you remember what you heard? Where did you see them at? I saw them in San Diego at the Petco Center. Wow. Gotcha. Do you remember what song two was? Did you go to Pure Platinum? Damn it. That that whole night was a blur to me, man. I was so excited. <laughs> I was just... Oh, my God. I was jumping up and down. I believe it was Moth. We're going to have to go with the the big X buzzer from Family Feud on Damn. that answer. We'll give him a half a point or do we just give him or oh, do I we just it. give him nothing? He gets a half a point. He was jumping up and down and probably had too many beers to remember that that was Atlas Rise. Oh my god. First two tracks yeah, just, I, just like Death Magnetic when they opened up with Life and Line. Okay. That's all right. Something tells me he's not going to struggle with question number he's 2. He's not going to struggle with number 2. Are you ready for number 2? I'm ready. Name four different KH signature guitars, and the answers KH one, two, three, and four do not count. <laughs> <laughs> All so right, so. we're looking for signature models. You can describe what they look like. Okay, so the Ouija guitar, the Boris Karloff mummy guitar, the what's the one with the blue urine? I don't remember what that one's called. <laughs> the blue urine. I'll accept the blue it. shit in the guitar. I'll accept it just because he even brought that guitar up. The Wavecaster. The Wavecaster. <laughs> Damn. Okay, and I got one more, right? Yep. Okay, I want... Dude, I, I want you to list all 30 of them. Oh, sorry, what did you say? Oh, Caution. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ouija, mommy. <laughs> wave caster in the blue piss. That's what I'm gonna call it from now on. <laughs> it's just like our intro, man. I was gonna fill it with my own urine, and in order to preserve the urine, that's the best part of it. <laughs> I love that bite. Nice job, dude. I thought he was gonna say white zombie and hamster caster since he's rocked those, but oh, I, I had so many in the back of my mind. I was just blazing through it. I just I had to make sure he didn't just say one, two, three, and four because that would have been too easy. Number three in Jump in the Trivia, how many shows did Metallica play at the Fillmore for their 30th anniversary party? Two. Jeopardy music. Is that your final answer, Q Regis? Yes. Where's the family feud buzzard? <laughs> Time's that by two, my friend. Four shows, Nico. Damn it. Oh, man, I feel like shit now. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> it's all good. No, I'm good. I I, I honestly, I, I guessed at that one because I haven't... I've seen the Fillmore show. Isn't that where Scott Ian was talking about Cliff, that story of Cliff? Yes, he was. 
Okay. Yeah, I remember now. Great show. I, I, I'll give you guys a break because both of you were still in diapers when that when those shows were going down. I think maybe Nico, <laughs> but I mean, I've got a few years on him. Come on now, <laughs> Nico. What year were you born? Uh, ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Okay, he was just getting into his teens. We got to give him some slack. We'll give him a little bit of slack. All right, this one, all it's going to require is a little bit of math and some thinking. So I think he's got this one down. If you can add, I think you got this one. <laughs> all right. No one can do math at uh, what is it in Albuquerque? Eleven p.m. It's getting late out yeah, there. Yeah, it's too- it's eleven o three there. It's twelve o three here, and it's one o three where Shane is. Imagine that. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Question number four. How many years was Jason Newstead in the band? I want to say 14. 14. You had it right, man. That's good. It's weird to think that Jason was in the band for 14 and how much got pumped out compared to right. Rob. Think, think of that. Yeah, I know. Uh, All the alcohol, man. Alcoholica. Alcoholica. <laughs> you know, real quick, while we're on this Jason thing, bonus question, Nico, to make up for one of your other questions that you you kind of, you know, fell short of. It's all good, though. It happens. Sounds good. Bonus question. What was the last song Jason Newsett ever played with Metallica? Fade. That's a great question. Yes, you are correct. Fade to black. V8. VH1 awards, yep. right? I remember watching that video. Good follow-up, Jeff. They're all wearing sunglasses outside except for Jason. Yeah, I know. He he looks when I when, especially when you look back at it, you're like, okay, it, it's obvious at that point. Yep, you can see it after all of it happened and he explains like he knew beforehand that this was going to be his last performance. You mm-hmm. can see it when he's performing with them like, yep, this is it. Yep. You see that that look in his eyes, and you're just you just feel like that's it's it it's over. You can also see how disconnected he is when you watch the Black Album classic album. Oh, okay, yeah, when they're revisiting all the, the like the um, uh, isolated tracks and all that. Yeah. Yep, they went back to one on one studios in L.A. and you can just, I mean, now when you look back and see the interviews when he's alone talking about what he contributed to the Black Album, which was My Friend of Misery. There's this huge disconnect. It's mm-hmm. like, yep, in a couple of weeks, I ain't going to be in this band anymore, so yeah. whatever. You can tell he just did not give a fuck anymore. And, I mean, everyone says, oh, but the money, but the money. And for him, I mean. Wasn't about it. Right. He he has enough money still to this day. His royalties from the Black Album will keep him comfortable for the rest of his life. You yep. know what I mean? But, you know, he had seen everything and done everything, and it was time. That's what happens when you bring sandwiches back to your room, boys. <laughs> it ain't for fucking sandwiches. It ain't for fucking sandwiches. <laughs> All right, Nico, number five, jump in the trivia. Metallica covered Sucking My Love. Who originally wrote it? I got to tell you the truth. I don't know the answer to that. It's a tough question. Not going to lie. It is tough. I, I chose a very tough cover. Any guesses? Mm. Just pick one of the bands that they've covered in the 80s, and you might have a chance at picking the right one. Guns and Roses. I would say either 
either Danzig or Diamond Head. Which Ooh. one, though? Diamond Head. I swear when you listen to that recording, they recorded that with some fucking Fisher-Price boombox. Yeah, yep. they just they put the cassette tape in the boombox and just hit oh, record God. and let the in, the internal mic do everything. Suck in my love. Horrible recording. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> well, there you go, Nico. <laughs> uh, you got the hardwired. You got the guitars. You got the Newstead. I'm going to give him half a point for sucking my love. That's tough. Half a point. I love it. <laughs> he said, yeah, I guessed. I, I straight guessed on that one. You said terrible recording. Great song. Made me think of Ugly Sin. Hell of a good cook. Nice gal. <laughs> <laughs> Horns out to here. Hor- horns out to here. Hell of a good cook. You ever see her? No. Yeah, she's got these big horns growing right out above her ear. <laughs> Yeah, she's ugly as sin, but a sweet gal and a hell of a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Nico. Season three, episode two. Thanks again for filling in for one. Hopefully, we get to see you sometime in twenty twenty one. And uh, looking forward to some new powerhouse, man. When powerhouse gets big, Jeff and I want to be on your podcast. Yeah, of course, guys. You guys are going to be the first guests. Remember, Nico, I've got three kids, so I'm sure something will come up in the next <laughs> year or two. So we'll be calling you. Keep your phone close. Don't don't keep it on silent because we may Sounds be good, man. I'm always going to be ready. And we'll get to open up with Creep, Close with Justice, and maybe a little Judas Kiss in the middle there. I think we could make that happen. Yeah. We got to play Blacken. Oh, that, that's a given. You know, since Nico is uh, you know our guest and our fill-in, you know, maybe you should hit him with that bread fan opener since I won't be there and that you can, you know, I'm sure he's fine. See, look at yep. thumbs up. He's good with opening with bread fan. Next time he fills in for us, open with bread fan. And when I don't you have, have a perm, you know how cool it is to open with bread fan. Someday Jeff will understand that. You go. That's going to be, oh my God, that'd be fun. <laughs> it makes sense because Pickle doesn't have a perm and he doesn't like opening with bread fan either. So it must just be a curly haired thing. It's a justice thing. Exactly, a Seattle 89 right. thing. Yeah. Nico, thanks again. And Podcast for All, Season 3, Episode 2. We'll see you soon, man. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. See you guys later. Later. See ya.